This is the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. In business, you have to play to win. You need an edge. You'll find that edge in the Business Locker Room. Hey, business is like sports, and I want to bring the locker room to the boardroom. Giving you the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. With compelling interviews, cutting-edge business tactics and ideas, and the X's and O's segment with Miles Austin. I welcome in my good friend, Miles Austin. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. Now, here is your host, Kelly Riggs. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. It's Biz Locker Radio. And it is brought to you by the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board, operating at the intersection of sports and business. You've definitely found the right right show. We're the business radio show with compelling conversations and useful content that you can use today. Guarantee you'll come out of today's show with something that you can implement, something that you can put to use that's going to make a difference in what you do. And if you're looking to improve your business performance, whether you own a business, sell a product, manage a team, Lead a company, this is definitely the show for you. We have experts in sales and marketing and social media, business strategy, leadership, much, much more. We call it Biz Locker Radio. You can find us, by the way, at bizlockerradio.com, and we are live on Blab. Great to have you on board. If you're joining us there, great for you to have you as a part of the show. A little bit later in the show, my good friend, Miles Austin, who, by the way, is not doing well today because, as you know, the NFL season started and my, my buddy Miles lives in Seattle, and uh, they they uh, they gave one away this past weekend. So I'm uh, feeling bad about that, and, and I'm going to go really kid gloves with Miles this week. But he will join us for the X's and O's segment, as he always does. We're going to draw up a great play today. It's the business locker room. He's the X's and O's guy. He's always got a tool. He's got something that you can use. This week, it's PayPal. Oh, <laughs> PayPal? Come on. I mean, we've been using PayPal forever. Well, it's something new. It's called PayPal Me, and my friend Miles Austin is going to introduce it to you for the first time. You're going to hear about something that PayPal is doing, totally different, totally unique, something that's going to be great for your business, and uh, it looks like we're going to be using it as well. But uh, find us online, bizlockerradio.com. You can find out about upcoming shows, past shows, find out what Miles is doing. You want to follow him at fillthefunnel.com. Guy's got more followers than grains of sand, but I tell you, it's worth it. He has got a fantastic blog and always keeping you up to date on the latest tools and the way to use them to make you more productive, and we're just uh, really excited to have him on the show each and every week. By the way, you want to do what I do. So much content on these interviews and these shows. This show's not about me. I mean, I'm a consultant. I'm a leadership and sales trainer. You can find me at bizlockerroom.com. Follow me online at Kelly Riggs. But this show is about the guests, and we get great guests on this show. I mean, two weeks ago, Oren Clough, and if you haven't heard that name, you need to go back and listen to that episode. Do like I do. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Download it. Put it on your favorite mobile device. Sync it up in your car. Listen to it on your commute back and forth to work. Now, that particular uh, episode, Pitch Anything, was spectacular. Last week, Inc. columnist Jeffrey James was on board. Next week, we got a great shows lined up coming up. John Fraser from a place called bizbuzzamerica.com. 
and he uh, he has a small business television show that's just going crazy. It's getting ready to be syndicated nationwide, and uh, he's going to join us, Jack Kozakowski, who will probably show up on Blab later today. He'll join us in a couple of weeks, and then after that, Jeb Blunt. If you are in sales, you know that name, salesgravy.com. Jeb's been on the show, got some of his books you can see over my shoulder here. Absolutely fabulous guest, and that will start a number of weeks, by the way, of incredible sales guests. So if you're in the sales business, you're going to want to jump online. And all those people, as near as I can tell, will be live on Blab. Uh, we didn't get Bill set up in time to be with us today, but uh, they will be joining us live on Blab as well. And uh, you, you're going to want to be a part of those shows. A lot of interaction, a lot of things going on. So Biz Locker Radio. Hey, our guest today is, uh, I'm excited to have him. He's called the restaurant doctor. I mean, it's it's just incredible to 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 run into him. I was making a presentation at uh, to a to a group talking about customer service, and someone came up to me afterwards and said, "Hey, have you heard of a guy named Bill Marvin?" I said, "No." He said, "Well, he's called the restaurant doctor, and I happen to know him pretty well. I'm related to him. Uh, he's the leading authority." on how good restaurants become great. He helps independent operators create organizations that can prosper when the going gets tough, and he does it by impacting their customer service. He's a veteran of the food service industry. He's managed hotels and institutions and clubs, owned and operated full-service restaurants. Say, hey, don't run off. If you're on Blab, stay with me. This isn't about restaurants and food service. It's about customer service. His current focus is on triggering this resurgence of hospitality, and that can be applied Anywhere you can find Bill Marvin online, restaurantdoctor.com. Follow him on Twitter at restaurantdoc. Bill, it is great to have you on board, my friend. Thanks for joining us on BizLocker Radio. <laughs> well, it's good to be here, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is this is quite the, uh, the the career path that you've chosen. I mean, I you know you I read your bio. You've come out of restaurants and hospitality and hotels and all those kinds of things. What was the impetus for you to jump over and get into the consulting arena and start traveling around the country and teaching restaurants how to be better at what they do? Well, it <laughs> I think it basically is you show up for your life and you open the mail uh, and uh, <laughs> people had said I'd always done consulting of one sort or another, but uh, when I, when I, the last real job I had was a food service director at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, and I left there because I'd done everything that I came there to do. My crew was totally running the show, and it was, they didn't need my skill set anymore, so it was obviously time to leave, and people said, what are you going to do now? And I said, I'm very curious to find out. And... A friend of mine called and said, hey, could you come and uh, talk to some folks about this? And said, yeah, I could do that. Oh, somewhere along the way, somebody else said, well, could you write a book about that? I said, yeah, I guess. And so I sort of, you know, would you, I figure if there's a bigger plan to what's going on, whoever's making that plan up has got a whole lot better idea of what's going on than I do. So, you, so, so you're just uh, kind of following the footsteps that are put in front of you, right? Well, the next what I've what I've discovered is that the next step is always obvious, and gotcha. I've just gotten to a point when the obvious next step shows up, I just go there, and it has taken me into some very interesting places and some very interesting projects and things that I'd never had uh, an inkling I'd ever be doing. I mean, I just finished my fifteenth book. 
Wow. And that's to write it, not to read it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, thanks for the clarification because, you know, clearly uh, we would have thought otherwise. Well, well, let me ask you yeah. a question. When you first got started in this thing and you started going to help someone because they said, hey, can you come and help? There's clearly some things that you did that they went, hey, let me tell you something. This has some serious value. I, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that doesn't have a restaurant story. It's kind of like airline stories or cellular phone stories when you call their customer service people. Everybody's got a customer service nightmare at a restaurant. And it is amazing that people can do something so so bad, uh, that, that the kind of experiences that we have inside of restaurants. But you clearly were doing or teaching something right away that created some momentum for you. What what was your emphasis when in that first time when you were getting started? What was some of the first things you looked at? Well, I mean, I I learned the the business the way most people learn the business. You work eighteen hours a day, eight days a week. That's what it takes. Mm-hmm. You don't want to do that. Find another job. And there was part of me that part of my little lizard brain that just said, "This is nuts. There's got to be an easier way to do this." Because as one of my clients said once, you'd appreciate this. He said, we've, we've been successful. By any standard you want to measure, we've been successful. We're the leading restaurants in the markets that we serve. We've been profitable since the day we opened. But the price we've paid has been horrendous. He said, our wake is littered with bodies. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, But, I, I, but it's you, true. You know, and we've gotten very good at doing it the hard way. But if you don't know there's any other way to do it, it just looks hard. And so you, know, you came up like with you, some methodology for doing it differently? Well, I, I, maybe because I was looking. I ran into some people who were doing some rather amazing work in terms of understanding uh, human functioning and how organizations function and what makes people tick and, and all the rest of it. I mean, there's, we learned a lot from the people that we worked for over the years, but not all of it's relevant. Right. I mean, I look back at the, the, the first folks I worked for, and they'd be in jail today if they tried to operate like that now. Probably should have been in jail back then, but uh, they could get away with it. So let me ask and, you a question, Bill. Yeah. It, are these people, people in the restaurant business especially, because I, I kind of grew up there as well. My first job at the age of 14, my first what what I would call a full-time job. Clearly, it wasn't a 40-hour week job, but I mean, it was a serious after-school, every almost everyday job and on the weekends. Uh, it, it, I was washing dishes, and then I was a busboy, and you know, and all that kind of thing. So I, I kind of grew yeah. up around that as well. And I saw the way restaurant owners tend to manage people. Is, is it because, like a lot of other business owners, if not most, they don't have any training in leadership and management and people development, and they're just food people? Is it as simple as that? Well, I, I think I've always said there's basically three entry-level positions in a restaurant. There's a dishwasher, busser, and owner. Uh, none of those require prior experience. <laughs> yeah, barriers to entry are not too uh, not too high. Yeah. Now, if you can write a check, you can be in the restaurant business. Uh, <laughs> and the problem is, uh, you know, our model of motivation really comes out of the industrial age right now. I mean, the motivation 1.0 was survival. Yes. You know, I'll do whatever I need to survive. If you've got something I want, I'll hit you over the head and take it. And then we got a little more sophisticated, and we got into this notion that, you know, we'd reward uh, behavior that we wanted and would punish behavior that we didn't want. And 
that would make it work. And there was a time when you could get away with that, but I, I don't think that's true anymore. Right. I mean, the, the research says it's not true anymore, although business hasn't quite picked it up yet. People do what they do because they want to do it. And as soon as you start putting a lot of restrictions on that, they don't want to do it. So the, so the thing that always comes up when we talk about customer service, especially on the restaurant side of things, is a company like Chick-fil-A. Now, we, we've always been told, first of all, uh, food service business is a terrible business. It's a low-paying job. Secondly, uh, you're dealing mostly with uh, you know kids, young people, teenagers, high school, college kids, that kind of thing, and you can't do anything with them because they won't listen. And then along comes a company like Chick-fil-A, and uh, they're using mostly kids in high school and college-age kids, and uh, they actually look like they're having fun, and they do such a phenomenal job, Bill, in servicing their customers. Can, can the average food service industry owner replicate that, or is that unique? Oh, ab- absolutely. Like I say, we've just gotten very good at doing it the hard way, but I think mo- most businesses have. It's, uh, you know, find things that are wrong and fix them. It's the cop mentality right. as opposed to a coaching mentality. And coaches recognize that the, the talent resides with the players, and the job is to develop the players in a way that works best for them rather than kicking and beating them and kicking butt and taking names and all those things that we learned along the way. Right, 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 right. So, so how do you... I, I would... Let me let me throw something in here just to kind of mess it up a little bit. Sure. Uh, I w- I make a distinction between service and hospitality. Okay. Service service is what you do. Hospitality is how you are. Uh, another way that another definition that struck me in one of those blinding flashes of the obvious that hits you at two in the morning. Uh, Service is about efficiently doing what's expected, and hospitality is about doing what's unexpected and uniquely personal to that guest in that moment. It's about me taking care of you because it's you. Right. Not because you're one of 75 people that are going to go by me in the next hour. Right, right, right. You know, and that, you know, we have a word for it in our industry. We call it hospitality. The the only other industry I know that has a word that really speaks to that is the medical profession, where they talk about bedside manner. Right. But what's the difference between one bank and another? It's not the product. I mean, all the banks pretty much have the same things at, at the same prices. Why do you go to this one instead of that one? Why do you shop at this store instead of that store? It's about the personal relationships and the connection and how they make you feel, not about the mechanics of doing what they do. So that plays into the idea that customer service is really not transactional at all. It's experiential. Yeah, I mean, that's the basic blocking and tackling. It It would be inhospitable to not have the mechanics of your job down. Right. You know, clean restrooms are not in and of themselves hospitality, but would be, it would be inhospitable to have the Johns trashed. It would be inhospitable to have, you know, crap all over the parking lot. You know, so it, it starts to create a mindset 
that where the things that need to happen happen because people just see them as something that needs to be done, and of course we do it that way. You know, the part I don't understand, Bill, is this isn't rocket science. I mean, if you're in the restaurant business, don't you recognize that people, when they come... They're not just there for the food, but they're there to for the you know to be treated well, to be as you say hospitable uh, for for the owner or the the wait staff to be hospitable to you. And yet, so many restaurants are so bad at it. I mean, what is what creates that? Why are people willing to accept uh, mediocrity or worse? I don't know that they see it. I, I think what I think one of the things that happens, Kelly, is that. People will say the word hospitality, and they'll say, well, we're in the hospitality business because we're a restaurant or a hotel or something. Uh, But then they'll talk about service, and they think they're the same things. Right. And, and And they're really not. I mean, nobody's out there to say, let me see how badly I can screw this up. You know, even people that you suspect. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, even to your point, I mean, they can bring you your food. It can be hot. It can even taste good. They can even bring it on time. And I I can remember many times over the years saying, uh, I really think that waitress or waiter is upset, or I I think we're bothering them. You know, it's all all about the attitude in which they deliver. So they're, they're providing service, but they're really not providing hospitality. That's what you're getting at, right? No, and, and it reflects the way that they're being treated. I mean, that's, that's the truth of it. You can, you can create the kind of environment where people will deliver brilliant service because they want to uh, or not. And I think a lot of the things that we do with all good intent make things worse. I mean, you don't have to, t- it's, it's kind of like being in love. You don't have to talk to somebody in love about taking care of people. Right. People right. in love just take care of people because they just want to take care of people. Right. Oh, that's good stuff. Hey, we're going to take our, we're going to, we're going to take a break right here. We're going to take a time out. I'm up against a break. We're going to come back on the other side. Hey, we're just getting started with the restaurant doctor. He's Bill Marvin. You can find him at restaurant doctor. Dot com. And this is a guy who specializes in, in taking average restaurants and turning them into exceptional restaurants through a whole lot of different things. Now, what we really care about here in the business locker room is how do we take these principles and translate them into any business? And I suspect that Bill can help us get there. Stay with us. We're going to come back on the other side. We'll talk about that, more about customer service here on Biz Locker Radio and Voice America. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Hi, this is Jeff Shore, author of Be Bold and Win the Sale. More great business ideas straight ahead in the business locker room. I absolutely guarantee. Thanks for joining us here on Biz Locker Radio. More great ideas straight ahead every week. Always good stuff right here. It's the guests. It's about the people we get on the show that bring real content to this thing. It's not just a conversation. It's a useful conversation and great ideas and tactics and strategies that you can use to build your business and get better at what you do. We're talking with Bill Marvin, the restaurant doctor. Next segment, uh, Miles Austin will be along, and he will join us to talk about PayPal Me. And you're going to want to stick around. Interesting stuff going on there, and this is going to have an impact on a lot of you who are listening today. Uh, we went to break, Bill. We were talking about the difference between service and hospitality. And I think most people can make the connection uh, of those things in the restaurant world. And, in fact, we're pretty good at picking out you know, the, the good uh, experiences in restaurants and places that we eat. But let's, let's bring it home to the everyday business. I mean, you know, other businesses. D- does the concept of service and hospitality have application uh, for other Main Street businesses as well? It's, it, is, it is the only thing that ultimately every business is a people business. And in the end, the extent to which you understand people uh, is going to determine whether you succeed or not. And, wow, that's and, pretty profound when you, you think know, about that. Well, yeah, it's true. Uh, but the key to it, and this is, this is here's, here's one to, to uh, chew on, the key to whether or not someone feels well-served, and it's not just serving them well, it's about whether they feel that they have been well served. Right. It's called presence. And presence, very simply, is just a state of mind that's free from distraction. Another okay. way to think about that, Kelly, have you ever been talking to somebody who was listening to you and then suddenly they weren't? Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, right? I get that a lot, unfortunately. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, and can, can you tell women understand this very well? Because, guys, we are so bad. Uh, but can you tell pretty much the instant they check out? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and what it's saying is i got something going on for me right now that's more important than you are. And I would suggest to you in businesses that are based upon the voluntary return of our guests and their voluntary contributions to your financial well-being, 
pissing them off is not a great business move. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not <laughs> high on the list of your strategic initiatives, is it? So, it, it, when no. you, I assume it's the same when you go into a restaurant. But if I'm going into a, in any business, t- tell me what you look for first. Now, I'm going I'm going to take a couple of guesses on the first things. I suspect you drive up to a restaurant, you've been contracted to work with them. First thing you're looking at is the way the the parking lot looks. Uh, you know, the way the 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 business itself looks on the outside. Is it inviting? Does it sure. feel like a place I'd want to go? But once you get on the inside, let's say we pass those tests. See, we got a fairly clean parking lot, and you know, people are relatively nice, and yet they're still struggling. What What are some of the things that you're going to look for in terms of real key indicators? Are they with you when they're with you? Right. So uh, yeah, and, gosh, and I just had this happen today. You know, and yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, and that. That reflects the way that their managers are with them. It's it's interesting how that works. It's all a it's all a perfect mirror. Uh, I had here, by way of example, I had I had done a program for I'd gone to do some work with a resort area outside Seattle, oh, a number of years ago now, and I got there the night before. I went down to dinner. Nobody knew who I was, and the waiter was not having a good night. I mean, he was seriously what we would call in the weeds. Uh, he wasn't having any fun. His tables weren't having any fun. His timing was off. It was just one of those meals that was just painful to be part of. Did you ever have one of those? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you think, please, please, Lord, just let us all get out of this alive. Right. And I'll be happy. And so he came into the seminar the next day, recognized me. I said, oh, boy. You know, and I said, well, how'd it go last night, Jerry? He said, oh, man, he said, terrible, terrible night. 10%, 12% said tips were just terrible. And we talked about this idea of presence, among other things. I saw him that night. He is cruising. Big grin on his face. I look out there. His tables are all smiles. Caught him over by the register. I said, how's it going, man? said, I just got a $27 tip off a $75 check. I've been averaging 25 30% all night. And I said, what are you doing differently? He said, I'm just trying to be at the table when I'm at the table. Man, that's... And that's it's uh, no that's different pr- in any other business. No, I wholeheartedly agree. Today at lunch, um, I'm getting waited on. I was at a business meeting and... You know, the, the waitress comes up and she's asking us the right questions. You know, what do you want and how can I help and all this. But she's looking off into space and looking at someone else and has a, a snippet uh-huh. of conversation with someone else walking by. And, you know, it's uh, hang on, I didn't quite catch that. I mean, it, it's amazing how, you know what amazes me about that, Bill, is, is how we as humans uh, are so perceptive of that and how it negatively impacts us. And this happens all the time in any any service business. It doesn't have to be restaurants. It's amazing how... How perceptively negative we are about those kinds of things psychologically. Well, with other people, the problem right. is, you know, we recognize it when other people do it, but we all figure we're cool, right? <laughs> you know, and we when we can get away with it. And uh, <laughs> remember, I, one of the one of the things that I will teach occasionally is listening. And <laughs> I'd, I'd done that actually to a, to a group of restaurant trainers for a, for a group of restaurant trainers. And one of them came up to me afterwards. She said, you know, every day when I'm at these conferences, I call my daughter and, you know, we chat a little bit. And, she's, and I, just, so she said, I just talked to her and 
she said, well, what did you learn today, Mom? And she said, well, what I learned today was that I don't listen real well. And she said, well, I could have told you that. <laughs> yeah. you know? Right, right. We're, uh, we're talking with Bill Marvin. He's the restaurant doctor. You can find him online, by the way, at restaurantdoctor.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Restaurant Doc, and you're thinking, well, hey, I'm not in food service or hospitality. Uh, what possibly could I gain? Well, I can assure you're going to get some insights with regards to any type of customer service. It's going to have application. That's exactly the reason I brought uh, Bill on is to talk about those things. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because you ask anybody if they go to a restaurant, if you get good food and bad service, how do you judge the restaurant? Anybody I've ever asked that question, the answer is, well, they get bad grades or I won't go back or whatever the case is. So, uh, you know, the, the food can actually be good. But, but I'm just interested in your take because you're in the, in the industry. Can, can anybody ever be so good, you know, in their food that they can overcome bad customer service? Has that ever happened? Yeah, it probably does, and it, it would come if you have a particular item that is so unique and so addictive that you can't get it anywhere else. Gotcha. Uh, but not many people have that. Hey, the, truth of, the truth of it is most, most restaurants are you know, similar places serving similar food at similar prices in similar environments, and it's boring. Right. You know, I tell most of my guys, your restaurant is boring. Stop it. It's got to be great to hear, right? Hey, nice restaurant. Yeah. Very boring. Yeah. Very boring. So uh, tell, me about, tell me about taking it to the next level. I mean, you're not talking about balloons and, you know, light shows and all that kind of thing. What, what makes a restaurant less boring? That there's real people that, that the entire... The entire operation is conceived and managed from the from the point of view of the guest. What we would call the guest, you could call them a customer. I don't like the the customer word for for my business, right? Because uh, that's it's a relationship based on the transfer of money, and that's not what the important thing is. Uh, but when there's real people there and they have the latitude that, first of all, they're trained to a point where, they, where the mechanics of the job are down cold. We don't have to worry about those. Then their heads are clear to just kind of stay high and be with people. And, and it is so unusual when it happens that it's incredibly compelling. Right. And you just, I mean, because I, I think people are more loyal to people than they are to places. Yeah, yeah, it's a great place, but I always go there because Betty Lou takes such good care of me. Right. And, yeah. and I think that's one of the things that, that a lot of operate, a lot of restaurant operators miss, but I think maybe more so uh, outside the restaurant industry because, you know, the whole concept of hospitality doesn't, that the understanding of that doesn't really exist in the way that it should uh, in other businesses, but the truth of it is, it's just as critical to their success that that human dynamic part of it. And right. it doesn't matter even if you're on the phone with people and you do all your business over the phone. You can tell when somebody on the phone's doing something else, can't you? Sure. And they you, you don't have their full attention. Right. Yeah, you got to love conference calls. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, so many of the people that listen to the show and. 
uh, so much of the work that I do is oriented around sales and, and, and it's always such a great analogy because a weight person is nothing more than a personal salesperson. I mean, they're, they're just there to sell and, and it, it just interests me that when you know that how effective you are in the sales role in, in providing that hospitality and that presence really dictates how much tip you're going to get, it shocks me that so few people internalize that and are so blasé about their job. Is it is that a lack of training? Is are we hiring the wrong people? I mean, wh- wh- where's where's the disconnect there? I think the disconnect is between the ears of the management. <laughs> uh, hey, tell me what you really think, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, the organization always reflects the thinking of the owner. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a really and you good can point. love it or you can hate it, but that's that's pretty much the way that it works. I mean, nobody gets up in the morning with a burning urge to come down and give you money. Sure. You know, so if people are going to do that, they're going to do it because they want to, not because they have to. And and the reason they want to or not is whatever, you know, it's about the personal connection. There's, there's a great example. I'll tell you quick, quick, unaccustomed as I am to telling stories. A uh, little restaurant in Patascala, Ohio, outside Columbus, called The Nutcracker, run by uh, Steve and Nancy Butcher. And it's just a little diner kind of cafe thing in this little town. One weekend, probably 2002 or so, they had an electrical short and the place burned to the ground. Monday, the entire town showed up to help them rebuild it. Wow. Because they said, look, the quality of life in this town is dependent upon this place being here. How can we help you get back in business? You know, and if if a McDonald's or an Applebee's or something went and burned, do you think everybody would show up and say, my oh, God, I need this yeah. back in my life? Of course not. Absolutely not. I think it's you know, a great and, it, and it's really about how, how, do I, how do I occupy that level of importance in the life of the people that I serve? And you're going to get there by doing things for them, not doing things for you. You don't do it because it benefits you. You do it because it benefits them, and they take care of you because they want to. Yes, oldest adage in sales. That's absolutely great advice. He's Bill Marvin, the restaurant doctor. Two things you take away from today, service and hospitality are different, and the sense of uh, feeling well-served means you're present in the moment, and people know that you're taking care of them. Hey, all good stuff, Bill. Thanks so very much for joining us. You can find him at restaurantdoctor.com. Again, follow him on Twitter at Restaurant Doc. Hey, thanks for being a part of the show, Bill. Appreciate it, Kelly. Thanks, man. And thanks for joining us on Blab. We're going to take our final time out, and we'll come back on the other side. We'll have my friend Mr. Miles Austin from Seattle, and uh, we'll give him time to uh, commiserate a little bit about the loss over the weekend of those Seahawks. But we'll talk PayPal Me. It's a great new product that he's going to uh, bring us up to speed on. I'm Kelly Riggs. You're listening to Biz Locker Radio. We'll be right back after this time out. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a sales strategist and leadership coach. Now in his ninth year as founder and president of the Business Locker Room, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon or at bizlockerroom.com. For more information on hiring this two-time National Salesperson of the Year to speak at your next event or to train your leadership team, visit bizlockerroom.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is Dan Walshman, and you're listening to the Business Locker Room Show with Kelly Riggs. Hey, great to have you back on Biz Locker Radio, presented by the Business Locker Room. You can always find us at bizlockerradio.com. Make sure you follow us uh, at Kelly Riggs on Twitter, at Miles Austin on Twitter as well. We'll always give you an update on what's coming up next on the next show. Next week, we have a guy by the name of John Fraser on, and I'm pretty excited to do this. Uh, this this is something different, kind of off the wall, uh, but he, he runs something called bizbuzzamerica.com, and it has to do with uh, small business uh, advice on television. He uh, looks at all kinds of uh, different projects and uh, does a live television show. He's got a book coming out as well as we're going to talk about. And then uh, Miles knows Jack Kosakowski. He'll be on with us in a couple of weeks. We're going to do that. Jeb Blunt joins me on October the 5th. Starts an amazing run of fantastic salespeople. So if you're joining us on Blab, you're going to want to make sure you uh, you find us when we do that, uh, well, it's time for the X's and O's segment. And that means my good friend Miles Austin jumps in. He's live on Blab as well. Hey, are you okay, man? I know the Seahawks took it on the chin. Are you okay? Hey, absolutely, man. Good game. I loved it. Um, they're always they're, look. The Cardinals are always a tough uh, team for us. Obviously, uh, in addition to that, uh, our friends in St. Louis. The uh, Cardinals. Just, what? No, let me let me finish. The, the Cardinals. Cardinals. The Cardinals are tough for us. The Rams are tough. The 49ers, who cares anymore? Um, but yeah, our our uh, our division is tough, and we always struggle. We always struggle uh, with the Rams and, and how they play us. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I live in Oklahoma, follow the Sooners, and uh, also follow the Cowboys. Yeah, stop, stop it, stop it. Yeah, at least they, quit, at least the Cowboys. Quit run. clearing, quit clearing your throat on my show. Uh, so the, the you know the Sooners looked horrific. Uh, the first half came back and won a nail biter in overtime, and I'm just shocked. They were down 17 to nothing, and then turn around, and watch the Cowboys last night, and they did something similar. It was a it was a good day to be a football fan in Oklahoma, which, by the way, we really do thoroughly enjoy your basketball team here. Just thought I'd throw that in. Uh, yep. <laughs> <very nice. laughs> He's Miles Austin, uh, fillthefuddle.com, and I tell you, you can find no better place on the web. 
to find out about the coolest digital tools that are out there. Today we're going to talk about PayPal Me. And you know me, I'm always Mr. Skeptical when you come up with some of these tools. I first heard PayPal and I went, really? That's new? But you said, no, no, PayPal Me. What's that all about? Well, great question, Kelly. Look, I always look for ways that we're advancing business technology and our business activity. And what I'm going to talk to you about today is PayPal.me. And it's a brand new service that they have just rolled out within the last couple of weeks. And it really advances the art of getting paid. It's really that simple. And what's really interesting to me is I've talked, as you well know, Kelly, many, many times about the importance of getting in early to some of these services because in many cases, they allow you to claim your name, if you will. They give you a customized URL that we're able to, uh, uh, to uh, use. Uh, and in this case, they give you that same option. How are we doing on the sound? Is it sounding? Uh, yeah, you sound great. You're all good. Okay, good. Yep. Good. So, yeah, so what happens is PayPal.me is where you need to go. Um, and it'll, if you already have a PayPal account, you can sign up. You can get started. The caution I give everyone, it'll be in the blog post that goes live later on today. It's in the ebook that'll be coming out with it, is make sure that when you pick a custom URL, and we'll talk about how it's going to be used in a minute, make sure you pick something that you're going to stick with. So um, a lot of times someone will put uh, maybe their company name or some cute um, phrase or a nickname that they have, well, that can change over a period of time. So I encourage you, if you can, grab something that you're pretty confident will last you the rest of your life. Um, whether it's, a, even if you own your own company, I've owned three or four companies, right. and if I would have named it a company, I, I would have had a, a defunct uh, link. So you can't change it. So what PayPal did, they acquired a company uh, mid last year uh, that was a mobile payment company. And so what they've now done is fully roll this in and integrate it. And it gives you the ability to create this custom link. In my case, it's just paypal.me slash Miles Austin. And you literally go there, and I can give that link to anyone, and they go in and put in the amount of money that they want to send me. Okay. Click send, and it's on the way. So it's that fast. It's that simple. It's in my account. I don't have to wait for my payment processor to clear it three or four or five days later. Um, I don't have to wait to say, okay, when does it show up? It goes into my account instantly. So let me use an example. What's really cool about this is because it's designed to really augment a mobile environment that we live in. Mm -hmm. So you can do this from a desktop, a laptop, your mobile phone. It all works the same. So let's say that you and I just had a business meeting, and, and I and I think you're the same way. We just talked about hospitality and customer service in the restaurant business. Uh, after a meeting, a lot of times, if we had a really productive session, I'd like to go, and historically, I've either gone out and bought a, a Starbucks card or an American Express card or something to send with a little note of thanks and say, thank you for that. I just really appreciated the value that I received from you today, something along those lines. Right. Well, with this, I can go in, and let's say that you've set up your account, and it's paypal.me slash Kelly Riggs. I can literally, on my own, go type in that link, select the amount of money I want to send to you, click send, and that money is going to show up in your account. What's neat about that is, is you get an email, if you set up your account within PayPal for alerts, you're going to get an email that says, you know what, Miles Austin just sent you 10 bucks and said thank you. That's Pretty awesome. cool. 10 well, bucks? I didn't want to stretch it, but... Uh, oh, come on, dude. Yeah, I know. So it's, it's, <laughs> really, it's, it's a neat way to be able to do it, but I find a lot of times, especially with 
uh, entrepreneurs, businesses just starting off, and very frankly, a lot of individual people that have something to sell or they want to be able to sell um, maybe an ebook or a product, and they don't have all the advanced setup yet for all of the payment processors and things because it does take time. What PayPal.me allows you to do is I can set in advance how much a product or a service is. So let's say I'm going to do online coaching with someone over in England. Um, and then now you got to figure out how am I going to get paid. i got to get paid before I go into the session. You never know what can happen otherwise, all the horror stories, right? Mm-hmm. So I can set up a link. I can go in and say, pay me my whatever, $150 consulting fee per hour. Just go into paypal.me slash milesaustin slash 150. I send that link to them. They click on that link. They open it up. It's pre-populated with 150. They can't change it, and they click send. Wow. wow so wow. you've gotten a you, – so you can do it with – I mean, I use it for a hangout, for my coaching sessions, for Skype meetings. Um, I do it very frankly. I've sold products already using this. When I'm speaking um, to a group, someone says, how can I get that book? said, just do me a favor. Go in. Send it to – Pay me a uh, paypal.me slash Miles Austin. It's 25 bucks. Send it. I'll get an email and I'll email you the link to get the download. It's that so, simple. It's fast. So you, you just connect it to your bank account. It's going in immediately and it's there right now. Or, or, is, or is it going directly into PayPal and it's in your PayPal account? It's going into your PayPal account. And depending okay. upon how you set it up, as an example, I've had a PayPal account for years. Forever. Fact, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, um, a lot of people ask me, well, how, you know, how do you use it? Here, for those people on Blab, um, that's a debit card, and I have a credit card for PayPal as well. My oh. money goes into my PayPal account because I use it quite a bit for a lot of uh, my purchasing online, a lot of the products and the services that I sell, my consulting, a lot of it done through PayPal. So it hits my, I, I've always got money in there. So I can just use my PayPal debit card or my credit card based on where I'm at and what I'm doing. And I can use that to go out and function as cash. If I want to transfer money to my bank account, I can either go pull it out from the ATM and get cash, or I can just do an internal transfer from my PayPal account directly into my linked bank account. Okay, so let me break some of this down as a guy who's used PayPal for quite some time now. Let me go back to the original uh, scenario you described. I can't send you money unless you have one of these PayPal accounts. So just because I have paypal.me slash Kelly Riggs, I can't automatically just send you stuff to an email address or some such thing. Clearly, it's not connected, right? Correct. You have to, you have to, the receiver has to set up a link in advance, the paypal.me account. You right. set that up, and then I, you give that link to people that want to pay you money. But, gosh, it makes so much sense to have these. I mean, even if you never use it or use it once in a great while, you know, like say, here's an example. I'm, I'm in a fantasy football league, and I need to get my fantasy football uh, you know, money up front for the league. Guys have an entry fee or whatever. Hey, just send it to paypal.me slash Kelly Riggs, and I've got it, right? That makes it real easy. And that's not even a business-related item, but it sure makes it easy. I don't have to wait for checks and all that kind of nonsense. Absolutely. In fact, it's great. Or let's say you're going out to dinner and you've got a group of 10 people and you said, look, we're all going to split this. Each couple will pay you know, 20% or will each contribute 100 bucks to the, to the kitty. And then you're dividing money at the table and it's kind of a hassle. So you could in advance, each, each couple goes and sends 100 bucks in to whoever's going to be the one that's responsible and you got it covered. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Let me use an example of something I'm really excited about that'll go live in the blog post. 
Um, as I said, I've got an ebook. It's about 25 pages or so that gives you some examples and some unique ways to use this service, as well as how to set it up step by step, screenshots, etc. And normally, I'd probably sell that for like five bucks, four ninety-five or something. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, look, I here's the link, here's the book. Download it, no charge, no strings attached. Download it. All I ask is if you, when you read this ebook, if you've got value for it, then here's my link. PayPal.me slash Miles Austin. You okay. pick how much it was worth to you and click send. If you didn't like it, if you think it was a waste of your time, all I ask is you simply just delete it, erase it from your hard drive. Plain right. and simple, right? And I, you know, I have a basic trust in people. I, you know, if someone doesn't, you know, that's their, that's their decision. But what's really interesting, you can think about lots of other ways to do this, right? But the ability to say, I want you to tell me, you pay me what you think the value was that you received from reading this book that you just downloaded. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right? And it can be a buck. It can be, you can't do, um, if, like if it, you can't do $1.95, you got to either send a buck or two bucks. Right. Um, so you just be a little bit careful there. I've, I put in two ninety five the other day, and it was two hundred ninety five. And thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness, the guy at the other end said, "Hey, I appreciate it, but I didn't think it was two hundred ninety five dollars." So. so you look down, and you had like eight thousand dollars. Like, holy cow! It should have well, been eighty bucks. Right? I, I sent it to him, which was even worse. So he's got, he's like, "Hey, you know, thanks, man. That's a huge compliment." I said, "Yeah, it wasn't that huge. Okay, give me my money back." <laughs> Well, hey, I, l- listen, I, you got to help me understand because how is this different than just regular PayPal? I mean, it sounds a lot like regular PayPal to me. I have an account. I've got a link. You click on the button. You can pay me and all that kind of jazz. How is it different? Oh, well, it's different because, first of all, there's no buttons. There's no setup. You literally go. You click on the link, and you go do it. You can remember it. It's the same link all the time. There's no customization. There's no code. There's no creation of what the item is within PayPal. There's no terms and conditions. It's real straightforward. I know that if you want to send me money, it's paypal.me slash milesaustin. We either agree in advance or you pay me what you think the consultation was worth and we're done with it. And when I go sell, as an example, if I go sell a book online or a product, a plug-in or something online, um, you go in. I have to go in and configure it. I have to set all the terms, the conditions, um, the landing page, what happens when they buy, what happens if they don't complete the checkout. There's a whole lot of other steps in the process. And so with PayPal.me, it's literally a click, check the amount of money, make sure that that's the amount of money you want, click send, and you're done. So is there a way to uh, customize, like buy an item? So let's say I'm selling a, a, one of my books. Uh, you know, My sales book is Quit Whining and Start Selling. So could I say uh, PayPal.me slash Kelly Riggs slash QWSS, and it, and it connects to an item or something like no. that? No, I can't do that? No. no, you can. What you would do is if you want to, well, you can do it two ways. If you're talking to someone individually, you just tell them it's paypal.me slash Kelly Riggs. Send, send, me, send me 25 bucks. I'll get a, a ticker, and I'll send you the link, or I'll send you the book when I get back to the house, right? Okay. Um, so you can set it up in a predetermined amount, a fixed amount, 10, 20, whatever you want to put in there, or you can leave it open and let them decide. So it's okay. almost like tipping, like we were just talking about with Mike. You know, it's, if I deliver value, I, there's times I'm sure you've had it when people say, how can I pay you for the time you just spent with me, right? Maybe it's a phone call or maybe it's a – tell you what, you, you know how much value you receive from the conversation or from the consulting or from the advice. PayPal.me slash Miles Austin, you pick it, right? No obligation. You send me what you think this information and this help was worth to you. 
Man, that's I, it, it is cool. I like that it's so quick and easy, and you don't have to navigate to a website and all this. You can give it to anybody. It's real easy to do. You know, if you're in the coaching and consulting business, like both you and I are, many times it just makes it easy to just tell somebody, it, you know, here's the fee. You know what it is. Even if you send them an invoice, you want to pay the invoice by PayPal, just go to paypal.me slash Kelly Riggs and pay it. All good, right? Uh, the problem is, uh, in that case, Miles, I suspect that there are people out there who would like to have maybe a receipt or something like that. Is there some provision for that? Not not in this way. So what I would do is I would just have a pre-done receipt. If someone would have that, I'll just send them a note back. Because I get an email trigger that says, hey, you just received $25 from Kelly Riggs. I just sent a note back, you know, confirming, you know, Kelly just paid $25 for you know, 15 ways to win the Olympics or whatever the book was or whatever the service was and send it right back. I just did a, a, a consulting this morning for two hours um, with a gentleman over in Italy. And l- the other nice thing is I send them the number. They do the conversion and the math on the backside. I, I gave them my hourly rate U.S. They do it. They goes in and they make the conversion and they send it over. It was in my account before I started that consultation over Skype. That's the beauty of this. Wow. Wow, that's pretty cool. So a lot of different applications. It's called PayPal.me. Tell me how we get there. How do we do that? And tell me more about the ebook because I know you spent a lot of time getting all that documentation ready. You bet. Well, I mean, it literally is that simple. Let's just go to PayPal.me. Um, you'll come up to a page. You'll, it'll have a little nice little graphic, a little image. You're going to click a little blue button that says Get Started. It'll be different process whether you have a PayPal account already or you don't. If you don't, it's real quick, just a few more steps. You'll create your PayPal account. If you already have it, you're going to click it and say, boom, you'll tie it to your PayPal account. Pick your name. Remember, that's the critical piece, and it's a big red bold in the ebook. Is make sure you think this one through because, you know, and I'll use an example. If you're a young woman who's going to get married and change your name, then maybe you don't want to have it to be Mary Smith, right? That's, that's a tougher one, but... Pick something that you know will stay with you for a long, long time because you can't change it. What you'd have to do is go create a new PayPal account and tie it to that new one. You can have a personal account or a business account. And so, again, we cover that in the ebook on which one you want to link it to. Sometimes you have both. Sometimes it's one or the other, and it kind of depends on your own personal scenario. If I use the PayPal.me link uh, and, and when I'm pay- let's say I'm going to send you money, as you mentioned, can I use uh, can I use a credit card? Does it give me options on how to pay and that kind of thing? No, it'll come right. It's a it's a PayPal service. Okay, so if if you give me your link, do I have to have a PayPal account to use it? Correct. I do. So it's PayPal to PayPal. All right, very good. So that that makes that makes sense, and and that makes it a little different too. That that means if if my client doesn't have a PayPal account, I almost have to direct them to set one up pretty quickly through PayPal.me. Yeah, you can. I would tell you, I, I used to always be concerned about that, but as you probably know, Kelly, PayPal is now separated from eBay. It's been spun off. It's its own publicly traded company. And so, look, it's growing like crazy. There's over 300 million people that have PayPal accounts. It's no longer the little corner of eBay that only some hobbyists use. It's, it's a pretty much a universal application. Uh, it's great stuff. From Miles Austin at fillthefunnel.com. Follow him online at Miles Austin. That's just about going to wrap it up. Hey, Miles, tell you, you got a glimpse of what we're going to do next week. Got 30 seconds. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to keep it a secret then for 30 seconds. You know me. I can't say anything faster than about a minute or so. I hope your Seahawks lose again for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's going to do it. We're going to come back. 
next Monday. Great show. John Fraser will join us. Miles Austin will be along with his mystery tool. We'll talk about that as well. Special thanks to Bill Marvin, the restaurant doctor. Find him at restaurantdoctor.com. I want to say thanks to Nick Marple. He's on the other side of the glass engineering the show. And always to Brandy Jackson, our executive producer. Make sure you find us on iTunes. Subscribe to the show. Put up a rating and review. Let me know you did, by the way. I'll send you some great books right here over my shoulder. I'm Kelly Riggs. This is BizLocker Radio. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Biz Locker Radio with Kelly Riggs. For more compelling interviews and cutting-edge business content, make sure you join us here again next week. Biz Locker Radio airs every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and 3 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Biz Locker Radio is presented by the Business Locker Room. All rights reserved. Opinions expressed by guests on the show may not be the opinions of Business Locker Room Incorporated. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.